What's up, everybody? Welcome to Dad College, episode number 25. And I'm excited to say that not only do we have a fun topic today, but I am joined for the 25th time in a row on this very show. You know him, you love him. His name's Dave Hogue. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> that was very subdued, Dave. <laughs> I gave you a big lead in. Excited to be here. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you're glad to be here, Dave. That makes me glad. <laughs> but yeah, we have a fun topic today. Yeah. We we have we have more or less spent 24 episodes talking about somewhat serious or um, you know, practical. like relationship heavy, practical stuff and we really haven't uh I don't know, talked about lighthearted stuff a whole lot. No. So, we are going to spend this episode talking about our favorite dads from television and movies. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we made a list and there's some, some serious winners on here. Oh, definitely. I would agree. So we each made uh, a TV list and a movie list. And, you know, I want to start with the first one on your list because this is going to be an interesting topic. Are you talking Cliff Huxtable? I am talking Cliff Huxtable. Oh, Okay. I said it was going to be lighthearted and fun, and we're starting by talking about Bill Cosby. <laughs> but I promise, after this, it's all good. So I, I think the first thing that we have to do is just say, we're talking about the character and not the actor. Correct. Because if that was the case, then Danny Tanner would not be on the list either. No, that is that is true as well. So, I, I, you know, for what it's worth, um, I think if we knew, and by no means am I justifying what bill cosby did but i think you know as as generally as we watch tv particularly as children we certainly have that ability to separate the actor from the character and one of the things that i have noticed is that the cosby show is still on um it is still being aired on tv and my kids who range from the age of 12 to 22 don't really seem to have that stigma associated with the character. So um Cliff Huxtable, I think one of the thing well there's a couple of things that stand out about uh Cliff Huxtable in strong sweater game. He did have a very good strong very good strong. He had a very good sweater game. <laughs> I don't, but I can't talk either. Uh, so he, well, those he, two things are equally important, Dave. Yeah. So, you know, typically when, when we talk about a, a, a TV dad, it's generally this, I think, uh, there's an image of somebody that has wisdom, somebody that shows love and, you know, kind of generally speaking and painting it with a, a broad brush is that this idea of impart you know making the next generation better and i think cliff huxtable did that and there was a kind of a i think during the 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 80s and particularly with with sitcoms there was this undertone of like the parents were stupid uh maybe well clueless on at best stupid at worst and 
even as a, even as a kid, you kind of picked up on the the fact that with Cliff Huxtable, he was not clueless, and he knew full well what was going on uh, with his kids, and often didn't find it necessary to preach uh, the message or preach the lesson, but really allowed his kids to learn the lesson on their own. And in that kind of realized the wisdom of uh, both mom and dad. And so I think that was, that was one of the unique things that uh, Cliff Huxtable brought to, to TV, particularly in the eighties was this idea that parents were with it. They had something to offer uh, that had kind of been lost over the, the, the generations of, you know, since TV had come into play of parents kind of being the, the, the punchline of a joke in a lot of ways. Uh, and then the other thing that I think the Cosby's did for America was uh, present a black family um, that, you know, we just, you just didn't see on television and particularly a middle-class, upper middle-class, uh, black family an educated family. Um, but that the struggles were nonetheless still very, very real. So, um, while Bill Cosby maybe doesn't deserve to be on this list, I think the character Cliff Huxtable certainly does. And, um, I know for my teenage years and my friends and a whole generation, uh, Cliff Huxtable was the quintessential TV dad. Fair point. I just love the last name Huxtable. Yes. Uh, the first dad on my list is the one and only Phil Dunphy from Modern Family, <laughs> who might be one of my favorite characters on television. Yes, he's good. I mean, it, it doesn't help that his sense of humor is like nearly a hundred percent mine. Oh. <laughs> like, I mean, Dad even puns. just like this. The, oh yeah. Tons of puns and, and like saying the pun and then raising the eyebrows like, Hey, did you catch that? I'm so clever and quick. Huh? Yeah. Appreciate how funny I am. And the fact that his wife just, can't even handle him sometimes but you know still loves him it's like man i feel like that's how meredith feels about me it's just like oh did he just did that just come out of his mouth and then you know end of the day comes and you know she still likes me so uh, i just he's he's funny he's he's like smart stupid if that makes sense like he's very sure. clumsy and like does lots of dumb stuff but is a successful businessman and you know a good dad to his kids and a good husband to his wife and he's just a goof yeah and the amount of times that show will be on and he will say or do something and my wife will look at me and she'll just look she doesn't have to say anything like, okay fine i get it i'm like that sometimes and she means it as like a you know, you get your act together and I take it as a compliment, which, <laughs> which Phil Dunphy would, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, I mean, he's funny. Uh, Ty Burrell, the guy who plays him, uh, don't know anything about him personally, but think that he does a very, very good job portraying this character. Um, and has done so for like, I don't know, they're on like what season nine now or 10 or something crazy yeah. like that, which is weird. Cause we watched, started like watching newer episodes recently. I'm like, Oh my God, this show is still funny. How is it still funny? But 
yeah, he's he's definitely up there in my book of top TV dads of all time, just because the humor and the klutziness, and but also like the genuine care for his family and his kids, and, and helping them through everything is it's a really good combo, and it's it's done very well. Yeah, and I I even think that show kind of came about when uh, there was sort of that question of is the is the sitcom dead? You know, because reality TV had really um dominated television and i don't i mean is this so if it was 10 years ago wasn't there kind of like a lull in sitcoms in the early 2000s or anyway yeah we're but talking it was about also that, if so right if I, and if i remember correctly the show came out before same-sex marriage was legalized or right right about when it happened and so having the you know cam and mitchell uh, as you know, dads of their you know adopted daughter mm-hmm. um, was like kind of still like okay, well this is unusual. And now you watch TV and there's always someone who's homosexual on pretty much every show. Yeah, I think um, that's about 2015. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the show came out before. Oh, it definitely came out before. Yeah, yeah, and so that was I think kind of like the you know the rich old white guy married the super attractive younger you know woman, and then he. he You've got the the two uh, guys that are you know partners with a kid, and it's just it was a very unusual um, cast and idea for a show, and hence the show's title, Modern Family. This is what family looks like now, and we're going to embrace it, and we're going to you know follow this family through all their their stuff, and it's it's a really good show. It's really funny, but at the same time, like it, it hits on lots of you know serious and stuff. Um, topics and things like that but again we're talking about dads so we can't spend five minutes per dad we'll be here for two hours <laughs> yes <laughs> who's next on your list sir um so I, I i guess i'll kind of put my next two in in um the same category together and so i've got andy taylor uh from the andy griffith show and is that the andy griffith theme song that i just yes. whistled up? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then Mike Brady, um, Brady Bunch. And so... The, the original TV show, right? Not the movies? Yes, the original. Okay. And, um, oh, so I don't even remember, I don't even remember Mike Brady's, the actor's name. I know it, but it's, it's escaping right now. Anyway, interestingly enough, they are both, um, they are both dads single dads at one point, which I didn't realize until just now, uh, with Mike Brady ultimately marrying Carol Brady and their two, she had three girls, he had three boys and they came together. And then, um, Andy Taylor was sort of the single dad and we viewed his dating life, which really for the time that that TV show was on was pretty, um, a unique dynamic to be on television without him being, uh, married and even kind of getting to see his um, dating life play out on the screen. But really both of those shows come from a place of really it revolves around uh, some sort of problem that arises. You know, it's kind of the textbook. um, Well, I don't want to say TV show, but storyline of, you know, you, you have the conflict and then you have the climax and then you have the resolution 
and the conflict in, in those shows really kind of revolved around the kids or family life or very much this idea of right and wrong. And that was the ultimate message that was, that was sort of played out was this idea of um, there's societal rules that we play by that if you don't do that, bad things happen. But if you do play by the rules, then good things will happen for you, which obviously is not always the case and is, is overly simplistic and uh, resolution is generally brought about within 30 minutes, which when you include commercials is closer to what, 25 to 20, 22 to 25 minutes. Um, but again, it was, it's kind of this idea of, I appreciate the characters where dad has wisdom. He imparts it to the kids. He clearly loves his family, loves his wife, loves the extended family and doesn't necessarily have all the answers and is, I appreciate a dad that allows his kids to make mistakes um, because mm-hmm. all of us make mistakes. And especially as kids, I think there, there's really something inherent in um, becoming the adults that we're designed to be and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and really not having somebody always say, I told you so, or if you would have just listened to me in the first place, you wouldn't have had to gone through that because ultimately that's, that's who makes us what we are. So that's why I like those characters and they are similar to the um, Cliff Huxtable in that way. Very traditional dad roles. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, one of my childhood favorites up next. Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. Uh-huh. Hey, oh, that was so good. <laughs> Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> Howdy ho. Uh, but, you know, growing up in the Detroit area, having oh, yeah. a show about a family in Detroit. And he um, wore like the a ton areas. of Michigan mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's, a Michi- he's a Michigan guy. But I mean, like, um, he's like from- even some of the lesser known colleges. Like he would oh, wear like yeah, yeah, Eastern yeah. Michigan and Bay City or <laughs> I don't know. Is there a Bay City University? Western Michigan? Um, probably, there's Western Michigan, yeah. Central, Eastern, Northern, Michigan Tech. Yeah, I think he wore like, and then he, I think he even eventually, eventually ventured beyond Michigan in his, but he wore college, he, 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 Tim, um, what's the guy's real name? Tim <laughs> Allen. Tonight. Tim Allen. Anyway, yeah, he would wear um, t-shirts for different colleges or sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he fits and there's looking at my list. There's a theme, uh, another dad that, (laughs) you know, loves his kid and his wife, but does dumb things and says dumb things and is, you know, Phil Dunphy's gimmick was, is all the puns and, and, and dad jokes and, and Tim's was, how can I put more horsepower in it? And, you know, like with the garbage disposal or the lawnmower or the weed whacker, you know, and it always ends up in a comedy of errors. And they knew him by first name at the hospital. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I just, I always thought he was really funny and I loved the, you know, needs more power and the, and, and all of that. But just, yeah, just the kind of, I mean, the kind of dad I grew up with goofy, uh, clumsy, not clumsy, klutzy. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. coordinated, but we drop a lot of things, <laughs> run yes. into stuff and we're not looking easily distracted, I guess would be the better way to put it. Um, 
but yeah, just, I always thought the show was funny. Um, I thought he was particularly funny and, you know, just all of the, the situations he got himself into yes. and always like misunderstanding Wilson across the fence and like his deep philosophical, him. you know, <laughs> pontification. Yeah. And misquoting him all the time and like every episode and it just, yeah, it's fun memories of, of watching TV as a kid on UPN 50 in Detroit. So do you know who is his original female helper on tool time was? Wasn't it Pam Anderson? It was Pam Anderson. Yeah. They went, they went through like three or four different. Well, uh, I think Pam Anderson was the original. And then I think Heidi, which I don't know the uh-huh. actress's name. Heidi was on that show. I think kind of until for a long end. time. Yeah, She was the second one that I thought there was another one they had for a while, but. Yeah, Heidi almost, I think, went from being kind of a peripheral character to getting, like, credits at the beginning or something. Al Borland. Yes. He was a total bump on a log, but it worked. Um, you know, interestingly enough, one of the the kids, the youngest one, ended up living in uh, Lawrence, Kansas for a while. Really? It was, I can't remember if he was just dating or if he was actually married to a woman that was much older than him. <laughs> yeah, none of those three actors really went on to do much outside of that show. Mm-mm. Nope, that's tough. Well, maybe they just wanted a normal life. Understandable. Um, I'm going to carry on with my theme because I have like five more than you do on my list. Um, Along the lines of goofy... uh dads uh i have michael bluth from arrested development yes um played by jason bateman of course and while in the show he is the not funny serious you know guy and everyone else is just a lunatic um he too suffers from the comedy of errors and misunderstandings and that sort of stuff. But like, he also has some of the best one liners in the entire show. There's one in particular where Dr. Tobias Funke is trying to join the blue man group <laughs> and he doesn't realize that it's about depression and not the actual blue man group. And he walks in and he's covered head to toe in his never new jeans, uh, painted blue. And he looks at Michael and he goes, Oh, hi, Michael. I blew myself. And Michael goes deadpans. There's got to be a better way to say that. <laughs> and it's just so yeah. The, the what I what I appreciate appreciate about him is that in the show he's the serious one that's always trying to fix the problems. Yes. But in being in being that way, he too is funny in a very in like a more realistic way than everyone else in that show is funny. Everyone else in that show is like turned up to like twelve. Yes. You know, personality wise. And that's what makes it work. Absurdity. Uh, yeah. And so he's the only one that's trying to live a normal life. And in that his comedy excels and his mistakes and his overreactions. And but it all it all stems from loving his son and his family and trying to do what's best for everybody, even though they're all cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs mm-hmm. or another slightly inappropriate but funny example of his humor. Is him singing Afternoon Delight with his niece, <laughs> which is like all sorts of not okay, <laughs> but they are so clueless 
and he's trying to do the right thing, and it just winds up being so uncomfortable, and that's again what makes it funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then I had two honorable mentions that I'll just mention quickly um, that fit very similar. Again, is Red Foreman from that 70s show whose sole purpose in life is to make fun of Eric, his son, which is just makes me chuckle. And then Henry Spencer, the um, Sean Spencer's dad from Psych. I won't say much about them other than if you haven't watched either of those two shows, you need to watch them, especially Psych. It's one of the best comedies I think ever made. And uh, Henry Spencer is played by Corbin Burnson. Um, and he's just, he's a really, really good foil for his lunatic son. So it's good. Okay. I have two more on my list, but so do you. So why don't we swing it back over to you, sir? So, it, um, one of the things I would say is, is Red Foreman is on my list as well. And he's I, so good, right? I, I didn't necessarily rank mine in order. It was more like, as I thought about TV dads, like who kind of, came to like came to my mind the foremost and and maybe even had the most influence without you know even really realizing it as I was watching TV as a kid. So Red Foreman is truly uh one of my favorites and I I I personally can relate if if there's anybody that I can relate to on all this it's Red Foreman because <laughs> I I feel like I, I feel like I walk around the world calling everybody a dumbass. And <laughs> I would even he say, says he, I would even say my daughters say that I walk around this world calling most people a dumbass. Well, and I love the way that he says it. He just says it with dumbass. such like, oh yeah, Disdain. like, yeah, there's just, there's just like not anger, but just like disappointment that you're that stupid. Yes. Like there's no sympathy. She's like, oh, how could you be that dumb? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not like it, 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 like he doesn't impart the wisdom. It's sort of this idea of you should already have it. Like you're mm-hmm. a dumbass if you don't know that this is how the world functions and this is how you should, should operate. Um, yeah. He's a big proponent of common sense. Yes. And you know, I think, um, while I don't think I'm nearly as gruff as he is, I don't have this constant need to let everybody know how much I love them and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's very obvious in red that when it matters, he loves his wife, he loves his son, he loves his daughter. Um, and for that matter, he loves the kids that, you know, there's a, there's a reason why they all gather at the foreman's house, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's not, it, 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 you know, he's not clueless. He knows what's going on. He knows what kids are like, but I think there's also an element of, with him of just like, let kids be kids, let young adults be young adults. And, um, he has a very strong work ethic and expects his, expects Eric to be the same way, which I think Eric is a little bit flaky in that point, and that's where some of Red's frustration comes out. But, um, uh, so yeah, I, I I have I have much appreciation uh, for Red Foreman and can relate to him. Um, the others that I did list, uh, I listed Danny Tanner from Full House, and again, I don't know that it was so much. I think he was a, a great dad or a favorite dad of mine, but, um he definitely um, is an icon when it comes to American television 
and what a good dad is like. Um, I'm realizing that you can add him to my list of a dad that's a single dad um, and requires the help of others to raise his family and is not embarrassed to say, you know, I need the help of others. So I think that's a cool um, attribute of who he is. And then uh, Carl Winslow from Family Matters and um, my other theme that I have here is both Carl and Andy Taylor are law enforcement officials. This so, is true. Um, Though how, how Carl Winslow ever passed physicals, I will not know. He was a, <laughs> he was a, I think we're a few years, we're a few years into his career. Um, yeah, that's fair. And you know, his wasn't even so much raising his kid as it, as it was, uh, dealing with, putting up with Urkel, <laughs> putting up with Urkel. And, uh, I introduced my son will be to Urkel this past year. And, uh, he actually went to summer camp this summer where he had to dress up in the eighties and we did him in the full Urkel. Garb, oh, shut up. That's had, awesome. He had the big glasses and the suspenders and the high water pants. And <laughs> he was, he was the hit of camp uh, and, and actually had a very good, uh, Urkel look to him. So, um, that's funny, but yeah, so names that came to our mind versus, uh, maybe any real significance beyond that. So, uh, I have two more and then we can jump over to movies quickly. Um, the first being Philip Banks, also known as uncle Phil from mm-hmm. the fresh Prince of Bel Air. Again, an, another show of, in this case, upper class black family, very well to do. They have a Butler, they have a huge house. Um, uncle Phil's a judge. Um, but what I like about him specifically is that he is a father to will. Right. When no one else will be. Yep. And puts up with a lot of wills, um, brokenness and issues and, um, is really the only one that's willing to put will in his place when he needs to be put in his place. Yep. Um, not obviously unlovingly, but he, he is not going to let will fail. Yeah. Uh, he's going to let him, he's going to let him mess up, but he's going to learn. He's going to make will learn from the mistakes and learn from the situations. And there's just so many good points throughout that show where they have, very like real and emotional and honest conversations and arguments um, between them. And, you know, it's just, it, it was, especially at that time, you know, I was a kid when that show came out, but looking back on it, it's like, wow, what a, what a good way to, you know, make a, a cultural and a, in a family, um, like, uh, what's the word statement, Yep. you know, just, because, I mean, it was a comedy. Like, we all watched it for Will and for Carlton's goofy dance and, you know, Jeffrey's witty, uh, you know, banter under his breath. But, like, the relationship between Uncle Phil and Will was really what the show, like, was the backbone of the show. And it was just really good. Yep. Yeah, and I, I remember that kind of being the first show where they they dealt with some of the race race issues. Oh, yeah. And particularly just... Um, the negatives of um, being black in America and how that can affect how others view you and how you can find yourself in compromising or less than desirable situations purely based on 
being the wrong person at the wrong place in the wrong time. And so, yeah, even though it was a comedy, I do, and I don't remember specific episodes, but I do remember um, that kind of being one of the first things for me where um, the idea of race being an issue was was uh, presented on television. Yeah. And my last one, the Honorable Eddard Stark from Game of Thrones. He's only in nine episodes. I didn't know it was that many. Yeah. If you don't know why he was only in nine episodes, then, well. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say, but um, obviously his whole, you know, character is built on honor and integrity and character and always doing the right thing even when it's really really hard and you know that's why he only made it nine episodes this guy's in a world full of corruption and greed and um evil and betrayal he was to his you know death the only one that wanted to do right by everybody um even when they didn't deserve it so not not a lot of uh data from you know only nine episodes but definitely the only person on that show you can look to and go yeah he's a good guy (laughs) everyone else you know morally compromised to some degree yeah um but just you know wanted to give him a shout out as being a a moral compass in a world of debauchery absolutely so he's with the old gods apparently All right, uh, movies. Yeah. I'll start. We, uh, Dave and I used to have a show called It's a Trap, and it was about great movie characters. Not great movies, but great movie characters. Because sometimes there's great movies that don't really have great characters. They're just, you know, the sum of the parts is, is great. Or there's some bad movies that actually have some of the best characters in them. And one of the episodes we did was on Atticus Finch of To Kill a Mockingbird. And he is the first on my list of movie dads because he was in a very, very, very tough situation. Being the lawyer forced to represent the wrongly accused black man in the South of... Did they call it rape in the movie? I think so, yeah. Well, I don't know. Are you saying are they use the did they use the word rape? Yeah, they insinuate. They mean that they had that the the black man had sex with the the young white woman. But the only reason they were in court is because it was unwanted. So I don't know if they use the word rape just because of when the movie was. Yeah, I'm made. not sure they do. But it's pretty much insinuated, and so and this is in the South, and it's set in like what the 30s or 40s. Yeah. So, you know, things aren't great uh, for black folks. Um, still just a lot of just awful stuff. And, and Atticus is put in the position as a, as a uh, defense attorney to defend this guy. And at one point, he almost gets lynched by a mob because he's protecting his, um, his client. And he has to walk his daughter and his son through the whole thing. And pretty much proves that yeah they did you know have sex but it was totally consensual and if anything the young white woman threw herself on the defendant um and they still find the defendant guilty um yeah just a really interesting story and uh tough waters to navigate and you know he does so pretty admirably i'd say yes and and I think he does, you know, I, I feel like there's this, this 
he wants to protect his kids and allow them to be kids and not be in any hurry to grow up. But uh, clearly they're at that age where they're realizing what dad does and the gravity of what he does. And it's really sort of difficult for him to completely protect them uh, from the realities of the world. And throughout this, this trial and this case, um, they see and experience a lot of things that he would probably prefer they, they didn't. Yeah, definitely. Why don't you share one of yours? Cause you've got two good choices here. Well, so, um, I, 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 I'm with Atticus Finch on you with you on this title and we can discuss him more, but I think I, I, the more I thought about it, Marlin from Finding Nemo mm-hmm. is the ultimate dad. And well, on a completely on a complete tangent, and I'm not even gonna discuss him, but the ultimate movie father is Darth Vader. Don't even no. <laughs> I just I completely disagree. He cut his I, son's hand off. <laughs> So anyway, like I said, he killed (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) I'm kidding. So yeah, um, Clark Griswold. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from uh, Darth Vader. Clark Griswold. Or segues are. Yeah, a couple of Christmas movies came to my mind as as I was thinking about this list. And, um, you know, I, I think Clark more than anything just wants to bring joy to his family, wants to bring joy to the world, particularly his family. And I think he has these deep childhood memories, whether it be, you know, a family vacation or it be Christmas time that he wants to reproduce um, for his kids and to have them experience uh, what he experienced as a child. And mm-hmm. so that's, that was really kind of my reason why, uh, Clark, uh, rose to the top was just this desire, uh, to make others happy. And again, as we, as we've talked about, there's still, there's this comedy of errors that anybody who has been a real dad knows, uh, your expectations are, are rarely met. Rarely do you, uh, what you envision things going, does it ever happen? In fact, it's, it's usually uh, the complete opposite, um, oftentimes a disaster, but it really is in those moments of real life and things not going the way you want them to, that, uh, you experience what it means to be a dad, to be in family. And I remember as a kid going on camping trips where it rained and we cut it short because we were all so miserable or, you know, fighting with my sister in the car and dad having to reach over into the back seat and spanking us to get us to behave. And, um, you know, ultimately if you're part of a family and, and I get that not everybody experiences this, but when you're a member of a family and you do your best to love one another, even those bad moments really become fond memories and you end up laughing at either how absurd you were in the moment or how selfish you were, or just how completely disastrous even your best intentions became. And, um, you cherish the moments when they do go off well, as you had planned, 
Um, but the reality is some of the best memories are when things don't go well and, um, you still enjoy each other as a family. So agreed. My mom always referred to my dad as Clark Griswold. Oh, really? <laughs> so when you said he was trying to reproduce these memories that he had from, you know, kid for his kids, my, my dad came at it from the other angle. Oh, he didn't have those. So he was gotcha. So he was trying to create them for us so that we would have what he never had. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but he always wanted to stop at the world's largest ball of twine or, you know, the largest Amish chair, you know, like let's drive three hours out of the way to go see the, you know, the redneck paperclip museum. It's like, no, <laughs> let's, let's not, let's not. And say we didn't like, we're just, <laughs> yeah. Nobody really wants to do that. Yeah. We, and we used to all our family vacations, we would drive everywhere. So, you know, and we, he had all these rules in the car about, you know, what we could and couldn't do and games we would play and, yeah, so she always be like, all right, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I've got, um, and I can't remember how you pronounce his last name, but it's Roberto Benini's character, Guido from Life is Beautiful. Yes. Um, which might be one of the best father-son um, portrayals probably in movie history. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. How do you, how do you not just like cry the whole time? Yeah. Especially at the end. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So if you haven't seen Life is Beautiful, I'm not going to tell you why you need to watch it. I'm just going to go tell you, you need to watch that movie. I second that. Yes. It's, I will tell you what it's about. It's, it's uh, an Italian Jewish family and it's during World War II and the father and the son get sent to a concentration camp and separated from the mother and the dad tells his son they're playing a game to try and protect his innocence from realizing or, and from the kid realizing what's actually happening. Yep. Their people are being eradicated by a bunch of racist a-holes. Um, and so, yeah, it's a story of the father and the son in the concentration camp and it's, he won an Oscar for it. Um, I believe he also directed it. Yeah. Roberto, Roberto Benigni. Um, but yeah, totally, totally worth watching. Um, and if, 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 if father son stuff gets you, like, you know, <laughs> makes you all emotional, you're going to be a wreck. Yeah. I just remember thinking there's no way that like, I wouldn't have had the fortitude to keep it up. Like I would not have been able to do what he did. Cause it's based yeah. on true story, isn't it? Or am I just, uh, that I don't, that I do not that. know. Anyway, whether it is or not, it, it still is a phenomenal story. And I just thought. No way. I'm way too selfish to have done that. <laughs> way too self-centered. Yeah. Uh, I also have, on a, on a lighter note, Daniel Hillard, also known as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. So it's, of course, Robin Williams, um, you know, gets in the movie gets divorced and his, his wife won't let him see his kids as much as he'd like. So he turns himself into a old British lady named Mrs. Doubtfire and becomes their nanny. And then that's how he gets to spend time with his kids. And it's a very funny movie and very quotable. And it's just, you know, nice to see a dad do something crazy to spend time with his kids after, you know, he kind of screwed up and was totally absent Yeah, for a very, very, you know, large portion of their lives. So that's fun. That's a funny one. Yep. It was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> exactly. And then you already mentioned Marlon from Finding Nemo. Um, 
I think if that movie was not a cartoon movie about a fish <laughs> and was really about a human dad finding his lost human son, it, it'd be like a more emotional version of Taken with Liam Neeson. <laughs> right. Because right. I don't think Marlon has a very specific set of skills. That was a terrible... <laughs> That was a terrible impersonation. I don't know what just happened to my voice. <laughs> <clears throat> but if if you watch Finding Nemo and can picture it as, you know, a human father going after their human child that's gone missing and, and view it through that lens, then all of a sudden I think that movie takes on a whole different um, feeling and... Um, kind of uh intent in, in what it's trying to say and communicate about relationships and love and, and you yeah. know parents and their kids. So I'll kinda take that a little bit in a different direction of if you put Marlin as God and us as Nemo. What? I think you can find the gospel. Does that make Dory the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an element of what God pursues us and does everything he can to, to find us and come after us. And um, so, yeah, I think there's, I, I'm not going to, I'll just throw that idea out there and anybody that wants to watch it through that lens, go for it. And that would be wonderful. But yeah, I just, I think there really is that, um, Marlin personifies what fatherhood should be. Um, and it's hard to imagine being anything but that, whether it be us as human fathers or whether it be God as our, our heavenly father, that we would do whatever it takes to bring our kids back home. I'll leave it at that. Cool. I think you're going to close us out with your last one. Is this my Christmas story? It is. Okay. So I, all I, I don't remember the character's name, but I always remember it is old man Parker. So I don't know if the dad actually has uh, a better name in the credits or what it is, but so uh, TBS on Christmas day, will play a Christmas story for 24 hours so if you've never seen it and you have access to the TBS, you can watch a Christmas story on Christmas day. And this character to me just kind of in some ways is maybe a little bit in the category of red foreman of just that, you know, we kind of hold out the ideal that we have as, as a father in TV dads, movie dads are often this ideal and the reality of who we are as dads is usually a, a few levels down from what we put out there in, in the movies and the TV and a Christmas story. It's definitely one of those things of, uh, he's a hardworking dad. He has those very simple pleasures in life and is very, is frustrated when those simple, uh, pleasures don't happen, uh, whether it be a lamp or a Turkey. Um, and just that human side of uh, he's changing the tire on the side of the road while little Ralphie's watching him do it and um, lets out 
the mother of all cuss words and Ralphie ends up repeating <laughs> that story. And, you know, as much as we want to blame the neighbor kids or the friends at school for the language that our kids use or how they behave, they're usually more likely a reflection of who we are um, versus anybody else. And so that's probably why we get so upset about it. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I just, he really, to me, was just kind of one of those, um, that character's maybe the more, the most realistic of who dads are day in and day out, uh, buying the kid the BB gun and, you know, those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily the ideal or the best, but um, a good one to end on for me in terms of just maybe the most realistic and um, if we can create an environment where our kids feel safe and they feel loved and we can give them a few um, material things, but ultimately help them become um, contributing adults, uh, then we've done our jobs as dads. And it really isn't about being perfect or always having the right thing at the right time. But it is, um, but it is about being a, a very real dad. I think we made some pretty good lists here, Dave. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we did miss some obvious ones. Oh, absolutely. Um, so if there were any, yeah, if there were any glaring omissions or maybe even some some subtle ones that we missed that would be uh, welcome additions to this list, you can. Let us know. You can uh, tell Dave on Twitter or me on Twitter. You can email us. Uh, you can talk about this show in our subreddit, which is r slash supermegacorp. Links to all that stuff is in the show notes. If you're listening on your phone, just swipe around inside your podcast app. You'll find them. And you can also go to supermegacorp.net slash college slash 25 to find the lists there. And... um. I guess that's it. Yeah. Talk to you next time. Bye. We'll see you. Bye.